0: Welcome everyone to the Health and Covered Podcast. Today we have an amazing naturopath in the San Diego area. Her name is Dr. Brandy McGill. She is a licensed naturopathic doctor in the state of California. She received her naturopathic doctorate and honors for her master's in nutrition from the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. Prior to school for naturopathy, she received her bachelor's degree in nutrition from the University of Tennessee. Dr. McGill's personalized approach revolves around tailored holistic therapies, specifically targeting the intricate interplay between the gut health and hormone imbalance. This comprehensive approach involves designing individualized treatment plans to restore gut integrity, rebalance hormone levels, and promote well-being. Dr. McGill's focus on these intertwined aspects enables her patients to achieve holistic health by nurturing the synergy between the gut and hormonal territory. She is currently the owner and practices at Moonstone Naturopathic, located in San Diego. When not in her practice, she extends her expertise by teaching at Bestia University, passionately advocating for holistic wellness. In today's episode, you guys, you are going to hear about what is a naturopathic doctor compared to a traditional medical doctor. We are going to get into women's health, especially gut and thyroid, we're going to talk about signs that you need your thyroid checked. We're also going to touch on infertility and what does a typical new patient process look like with a naturopath. So listen in. Welcome to the Health Uncovered podcast, your go-to podcast for all things health, healing, and what to do next on your health journey. I'm your host, Mercedes Cook, a doctor of chiropractic and a diplomate in chiropractic cranial cervical junction procedures. Each week, my guest and I will be uncovering treatment options and health tips to help you get to the root cause of your health issues. If you're tired of seeing doctor after doctor with no answers, then the show is for you you'll learn all kinds of healthcare options that you may have not known existed that will help you move forward on your healing journey more confident than ever. I invite you to stay open and curious. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Dr. Brandy, to the Health Uncovered podcast. So excited to have you here. As you guys know, Dr. Brandy is a naturopathic doctor here in San Diego. She's actually the first naturopathic doctor that I've ever been to, and I'm so excited to have her on, and today she is going to start off by telling us, one, what is a naturopathic doctor and just kind of give us some comparisons between an ND and an MD. So, Dr. Brandy, welcome, and let's hear some details about naturopaths versus medical doctors.
1: Okay, so I get this question a lot. So, well, naturopathic doctors will get to like the root cause of what's going on, not just treating a symptom and putting a bandaid on it, but treating the whole individual. And then what we try to do is use natural remedies to heal the body or promote the body healing itself. So that would be, you know, nutrition is always my foundation. And then If herbs are needed, I might use some herbs or even like nutrient, which would be like magnesium, zinc, and then homeopathy maybe might be added to patients. So it's, we have a lot, I would say, what we say is in our suitcase to use as natural remedies. But sometimes we do need the medications. And what my goal is to hopefully not keep them on the medications forever, but just while we try to get the body kind of back to optimal health. You might need the medication for a little bit. So right there, you could kind of see the difference between MD and an ND. NDs, we spend, like, my, my first visit would be 90 minutes with the patient. And usually the follow-ups will be 60, 30 to 60 minutes. Now, that's the, probably the biggest difference is the time. Usually when you go to your MD, you might get 15 minutes with them. So the point of that is to get to that root cause and get to know the individual so I can treat the individual. And then I would say the next thing would be trying to use, you know, nutrition and the herbs and the nutraceuticals to treat that patient and treating the whole person. Sometimes you don't get that much time with your MD. So the reason why we do spend so much time with them is because of trying to get to that root cause of what's causing the symptom.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember. I don't know if you remember this, Dr. Brandy, but in 2020, I think that's when I first came and like did my new patient appointment with you. And my reason for coming was really just general, like women's health. I wanted to do blood work, just make sure everything looked good. And it was also the beginning of 2020. So having just like bought a business and my stress levels were out of control it was the first time that i experienced like anxiety panic attacks and so i one thing i really appreciated with coming to you was you do do a really thorough exam you spend a lot of time and you also offer like i personally hate taking a ton a ton of supplements so when naturopaths just like want you to take 25 supplements but they don't walk you through like how you can change your diet and how you can kind of work on things that was something i really appreciated about your approach was like okay well let's look at your diet let's make sure that's supporting you and your nervous system and then yeah sometimes supplements are are necessary and so i took some different supplements that you recommended and that helped my help support my body so much during a really stressful time so i really appreciated that but that was kind of my first experience
1: sometimes you go to indies there can be a laundry list of supplements that can be given to you and to be perfectly honest, I don't like taking supplements either. So I try to limit it as much as possible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like that's a great, a great explanation because unfortunately it seems like in traditional medicine, the first go-to is like a prescription for everything versus like some lifestyle and maybe some natural routes. But I do appreciate that with naturopathic medicine, like you guys try everything that you can but sometimes prescriptions or pharmaceuticals are necessary in a certain case or they need to support your body for a short period of time but your goal is to get things under control and then get them off the medication. That just seems like, you know, a no-brainer. Like that's how all medicine should work. So I love that you guys take that approach. That's really cool. Now, can we get into a little bit? I know your focus at your clinic is women's health and Can you walk us through, like, what type of clients are you seeing? What are they coming in for? Just walk us through different things that you treat in your clinic.
1: So I treat a lot of women's health, and women's health can be a lot of different things. So I see, when we talk about women's health, it's usually due to hormone imbalances. And that would include, I see patients with PCOS or polycystic ovaries. These people usually will have, like, severe cramps. They would have maybe hair loss. They have a lot of acne. Those are kind of the three kind of main symptoms someone could have at PCOS. I see patients who have endometriosis, which usually those patients have a lot of cramps as well or severe pain during their cycles and heavy bleeding. And I see, you know, just PMS symptoms. You know, some people get a lot of anxiety before their cycles or they get really fatigued. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can help. And then I see a lot of patients who have perimenopause and menopause ages as well going through those changes that do happen. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of herbs that we can do. I can also do hormones is another thing I do too, to help just get through that transition or just even help support preventing things in the future as well. Those are probably like the main things I see for women's health. Um, and those are kind of the bigger things as well, because some people can just have acne, might not have PCOS, but it might be due to digestion and hormones or even thyroid can be a cause of that too. So again, it's not always just the one thing they're coming for. It might not be just for women's health. I'm also treating the digestion and thyroid, usually Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease that really attacks our thyroid. So it causes the thyroid kind of to act a little slower. That's another common thing, they're really all connected. If something goes off, if our digestion goes off, it could cause our hormones to go off. And then if our thyroid goes off, there's definitely a hormone and thyroid connection there.
0: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit? I feel like having a thyroid condition is unfortunately is becoming a lot more common these days. And when it comes to that, like as a naturopath, what kind of testing do you do? Is it more in depth than what you would get with your medical doctor? And can you walk us through like, well, what you would test for and then kind of how you would go about treating it?
1: Yes. So if I expect thyroid and ideally on the first visit, I will probably always check thyroid because it is becoming more common and a lot of symptoms are contributed to our thyroid. So normally when you go to your primary care doctor or your MD, they will only run a TSH with maybe a reflex. So if that TSH is abnormal, it will run some of your thyroid hormones. And that's all they will usually run. It's usually because of insurance purposes. It's not because they don't want to, but it's just usually insurance purposes. I will run a TSH, which is your pituitary communicating with your thyroid, and then When it gets to your thyroid, it has to produce those hormones. So I will run a T4 and a T3, a free and total. Basically the difference between a free and total is just a total is like binded to a bunch of other things. And a free thyroid is just free. And then the free and total and then thyroid antibodies. These are hardly ever ran through your MD. And that's really what's going to tell me if there is an autoimmune issue and How I treat someone who has Hashimoto's, it may be just first starting them on the thyroid hormone just to help support it. Basically, that's going to take the pressure off the thyroid. And then I'm going to be investigating what is causing that autoimmune response or what's causing that
0: thyroid to act slower. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. I had heard, I don't personally have any thyroid issues, but I have heard just from patients of mine that you know, they tried to go to their medical doctor, they only test for like one or two things when really there's several things to test and actually get the whole picture of what the thyroid is doing. So hopefully that paints a nice picture for everyone on like, if you're suspecting something's up with your thyroid, you know, maybe seeing a naturopath, if you're not getting the answers that you want could be really helpful. Can you tell us, I know there's obviously overactive thyroids, underactive thyroids. Can you kind of give people an example? Like, When would you want to go get your thyroid tested? Like, what are some signs or symptoms of that?
1: Okay, so hyperthyroid is when your thyroid is acting, it's producing too much. So, that usually will give us more anxiety. Your heart rate feels like it's beating really fast. You might be more sweaty, is another one. Those are the most common symptoms for hypothyroid. Then, hypothyroid is the opposite. So, these people will usually, Have difficulty losing weight. So even though they're exercising, they're eating healthy, they just can't lose weight. The other thing is you might have constipation. You have difficulty kind of getting warm. Like when you're, everyone else is feeling comfortable, you're still in your little coat or your sweatshirt trying to stay warm. And then some of them might have acne. Some of them might have also anxiety as well. Fatigue is a huge one. Yeah. So you just feel like you can't get enough
0: rest. Okay, that's great to know. Now you mentioned you know, some women's health stuff, some thyroid stuff, and I know you really like to look at the gut and digestion. So can you talk a little bit about what are some signs that you should be getting your gut tested or that that might be kind of a root cause of some of the health problems that you're having? So talk to us a little bit about the gut.
1: Yes, yeah, so the gut is... I always explain it as our gut is our kind of our motor and our vehicle. So if that's not functioning well, nothing's really going to be functioning well. So our gut is connected to a lot of our, it can be the underlying cause for a lot of things. So if you have constipation, you know, gas or bloating, or the opposite, looser stools, you're having to go more frequently during days, I would probably be starting to treat that. A lot of these can be caused because of, you know, our gut biome might be off, which is kind of like a popular term right now. That's because a lot of people do have uh, dysbiosis is what it's called. Basically, there's not enough good bacteria and a little bit more bad bacteria. The cause of that can be mainly that gut biome being off, but also because of the digestive enzymes, not enough of those, or there can be a candida overgrowth in our gut. There can be a lot of things going on with their gut and not everyone has symptoms of those. Some people will have completely fine digestion and I kind of check off all of these boxes and I'm like, okay, I think we need to check the gut because maybe like a Hashimoto's patient might still be having those higher antibodies. And then I usually do find something still wrong with the gut.
0: So with the gut, I've had this past year, my husband was having some gut issues going on. And I know the practitioner he worked with had him do something called a GI map test. Do you have a test that you like prefer or that you typically run in your practice? I know there's several ways to test the microbiome or the gut. Do you have like a specific test that you really like?
1: So I am familiar with the GI map. The test that I do is similar to that. It's just a little cheaper. So I usually just do it. It's called a complete stool analysis. And I will add parasites to that. So just to make sure there's no parasites, kind of it'll check that off the list. And then it will it will check the gut biome. So the good and the bad bacteria and tell me if there's any overgrowth of anything as well. And it will check candida, digestive enzymes and the gut lining as well. So something called an IgA. And that tells me it's basically your immune system on your gut lining. So it will tell me if that needs to be a little help too. It's a comprehensive test. It's similar to the GI map. Some patients will still prefer that. So I'll I'll run the GI map. It's just like I said, it's a little more expensive. But I also will meet the patient where they're at too. So we could do the comprehensive stool test or we could start with just testing the gut biome and seeing if there's an overgrowth because that's what I'm going to treat first.
0: Well you brought up a really good point. Not everybody has necessarily like digestive Symptoms per se, but I know because we figured this out last year with my husband. He had two concussions and wasn't healing properly. And we're like, what the heck's going on? Like, he eats really clean, he lives a really healthy lifestyle. Doesn't make any sense why he's not like healing from this. And then his practitioner was like, yeah, we need to look at your gut and see what's going on. And then like you said, they found out like he had an overgrowth of parasites. I think he had like some other, yeah, just like the proportion of bad bacteria versus good bacteria. So he really had to basically go through a, a gut healing protocol so that way he could finally heal from his concussion. So just a great reminder, like sometimes we don't have symptoms, but a symptom per se could be you're not healing from something else that's going on. So that could kind of be a clue that, okay, maybe it's time to to look at your gut.
1: Yes. We have one nerve that goes from our brain to our gut, and so it's called the vagus nerve. And sometimes we have inflammation in our brain. It could be affecting our gut health and vice versa. Sometimes the only symptom we some people might have, it might be anxiety. And that's because inflammation in our gut or in our brain.
0: Yeah, it kind of travels up the, the vagus nerve and affects that. Yes, for sure. And really quick, just because I, I don't think that this is like super common knowledge when it comes to digestive health. And we're going to get like a little bit TMI, but can you tell people one, how many bowel movements should you be having per day? And also what is a healthy bowel movement actually look like? Because I don't think these things are things that are talked about regularly, but they're, it's like an easy way to tell, is your body functioning properly? So I just want everyone to know like what that looks like.
1: So that really depends on the individual. Like I said before, we always are treating the individual. But I would say you would need at least one bowel movement a day. Well, that's my goal with all my patients is got to have them going every day. Some people will go three times a day, and that's their normal. But we have to start at least having one bowel movement a day. And then (laughs) I talk about stools all the time. So it's never really, (laughs) I can really go in detail about it. But it should be more, I would say, like toothpaste consistency, a little, a little looser, easy going, not difficult. It should kind of sink to the bottom of the toilet and easy to flush. So the toilet should be kind of clean after you go to the restroom.
0: No, that's a great, a great description. I forget what I read. I know there's like a scale. Is it called the uh, Bristol chart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type one, type two, type three. I forget where I was reading about that, at. but I was like, man, everybody really should know this because if you have like you know, if your stools are harder or there's like these fissures or like lines through it, I think that means you need more fiber. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like different, your bowel movement can literally tell you if your body is lacking something. So I just think everyone should know that. That way they can kind of look into those signs and see like what's going on with their body. So that's great to know. Okay. Before we move on from like digestion and gut health, anything else you want to add about that topic before we move on?
1: So I would say if anyone comes to me I'm always going to ask about the stool. All those questions that we kind of just described about the stool. <laughs> because I, like I said before, it's so important to have the gut functioning well and it's the cause of a lot of things. Like I said before, it's the motor in your vehicle, your vehicle being your body. If it's not functioning well, it's going to be hard for everything else to function well as well. So it's something that I'm always going to start treating and making sure it's functioning well.
0: Okay, awesome. Now, I know, I've known this about you since we we first met, but I know there is a big part of your practice and a certain type of population that you really enjoy seeing and working with women and that is on the topic of infertility. And so, before meeting you, well, one, I don't know a lot about infertility, and so I wouldn't have thought like, oh, if I'm having infertility issues, you know, I'm going to go see my naturopath about that. So can you walk us through with someone struggling with infertility? One, what does that mean? Does that mean they're struggling to conceive for a year, two years? What's considered infertility? And how do you help these women kind of go through this process in a natural way versus maybe kind of how our medical system handles that topic?
1: So infertility, and I can't believe I forgot to talk about this when I talked about the women's hormones because (laughs) this is a big women's hormone imbalance sometimes. Infertility, by definition, you can't be diagnosed with infertility until you have been trying to conceive for one year. Some people will start coming to me, you know, they're just starting to try conceiving, or they might be already classified as infertility. So the way I treat people with infertility or trying to conceive is going to be basically the same way. And that's going to be putting my investigation hat on. And first starting with hormones, I'm going to test hormones. I like to test it two times during the cycle, which would be the first part of the cycle when we're ovulating more and then checking a particular set of hormones towards the conceived part or the second half of our cycle, which would be mainly progesterone, checking just to make sure you have enough progesterone at that time. So I will check that first. What I'm doing is trying to figure out what's causing the body not to conceive or making sure everything is functioning well to conceive. And so first thing is hormones. I mean, that's really what helps us a lot. Now, sometimes those hormones can be off because of the gut. Maybe we've been exposed to toxicities in the past and we have to get those down, which is important also, you know, for baby health. It may be thyroid, huge part of infertility. And sometimes my favorite thing to find for infertility because it's so easy to treat is thyroid. It's functioning low. So that's going to be one of the hormones I test for. Ideally, you want your, just I can give a little tidbit, is that you want your thyroid to be above your TSH to be above 2.5 for when you're conceiving because the baby also needs that for brain health as well. So thyroid is really important for infertility. And so once I check kind of the hormones off and make sure there's nothing wrong there, there's a few other things that can be causing infertility. Again, gut health is going to be uh, something I check off and all of those things can contribute. Everything what I'm investigating is what's causing inflammation in the body. And so once I kind of get that down, um, it usually helps patients' body kind of calm down and prepare for pregnancy. I mean, it's a lot for our body to do. And once you really get into the science, you, it's almost a miracle once you really get down to like breaking it all down and the whole conceiving part.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you like during this process? I know you mainly focus on women, but would you typically do any investigation as far as like the partner or the male and looking into like sperm quality? And do you also test for those kind of things too?
1: Yes. So sometimes it is the male partner that we have to start working on like the sperm count, the shape of the sperm. And that's what I meant by like it all has to be kind of perfect for it to actually happen. But our bodies are made to do it, so that's why naturopathic medicine is so great for it, because that's what my goal is: is to help the body do what it's naturally supposed to do. But sometimes it just needs a little bit of help. But I do treat the male partner, and so a lot of times I will just tell them, you know, let's get your sperm count just before you even come in. Let's just have your sperm count, and then we can figure out basically if there is an issue um, with the sperm. A lot of times, you just need a little bit extra nutrition. I would say the biggest one would be zinc. And then is there any toxicities for the male partner? Reason why it's not getting enough of the nutrients there.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that you can work with people kind of as a couple because I feel like in the infertility world, it's obviously very focused on the woman and what's wrong with her and what's happening. But obviously our partners, that can have a lot to do with it too. So looking at both of those will hopefully get the couple... You know, closer to their goal of having a family faster. Typically, like once you kind of get to the root cause of, like you said, inflammation, whether it's the gut or the thyroid, and you treat that, do you find that people are able to conceive pretty quickly after that, or does it take some time?
1: It does take some time. And I would say that really depends on what the issue was. So sometimes I can give the well partner zinc and then the next month they'll conceive. But usually, if it's a male issue and it has to do with the sperm, it does usually take about 90 days for the, basically the new sperm to develop. And that's usually how long it takes for that to kind of heal the, the male partner. The female, it kind of depends on what it is. It could take, you know, I would say for hormones, for follow up in generals, I would always say come in six to eight weeks because that's how long it kind of to tell a difference. So the natural herbs do take sometimes longer or the natural, natural remedies. It depends on what we're doing, but it does sometimes take a little longer, but patients are usually happy because they felt like they did everything they could.
0: And so when they finally have the baby, it's it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, do you have any advice for anyone who, maybe they're not in the infertility category, but they are deciding like, Hey, we want to start a family soon what are some things that specifically women, I know there's things for men to do too, but what should you be starting? Like, I know when I started thinking about having a family, everyone was like, you know, make sure you take a startup a prenatal, you know, six months before trying to conceive. And of course, like eating a clean diet, things like that. So, are there things that people can do right now, even before they're necessarily in the infertility category, that can kind of help prep? their body to have a better outcome?
1: Uh, prenatal is going to be great to start. There are a lot out there, but what is going to give you is the basic nutrients that you and the baby need. The other thing would be, you know, making sure you're having a clean diet. In general, they found the Mediterranean diet is the best diet for fertility and infertility. So most of the time, we'll always say the Mediterranean diet because it's a well-balanced diet. And try to just eat organic, hormone-free meat as much as possible. Not meat as much as possible, but hormone-free organic meat as much as possible. So just trying to eat the clean, healthy diet and the prenatal would probably be my top two thing. And then I would just say, you know, just maybe get basic labs done. Like I said, the thyroid for sure. My basic labs would always be, you know, checking your glucose, checking your white blood cells, red blood cells checking for iron deficiencies and your lipids as well. That would be like a very basic start for your blood work. Probably would say that would probably be my basic blood work for everyone. And then if I was really thinking about it or patient was really thinking about it, I would suggest starting maybe with a hormone check just to make sure you know, you're ovulating well and you have enough progesterone.
0: That's great advice. Anything else, Dr. Brandy, on like the infertility front that you want people to know? I just love what you talked about. And hopefully people listening, if they are in this category, they can kind of now they know like there are naturopaths who can kind of help you naturally get to the potentially the root cause of why you're not conceiving, which I think is awesome. But anything else that you want our listeners to know about infertility?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I I work with patients who or thinking about conceiving within maybe the next year. So they might not try not to start conceiving until like that next year, or they may be already the infertility part, or they might be like just six months within trying to conceive and haven't done it yet. So I can start working with them there. And I also work with patients, you know, either they're preserving their eggs, helping them get best egg quality, or they're going to go through the whole IVF process and just want extra to make sure that that's a lot of money that you're going to spend i know but it's to make sure that you know the egg quality is there i just help support that whole process implantation and the, all those those steps too just make sure nutrients and the diets there too so i help support that as well so i can help the whole journey not just after the infertility diagnosis
0: yeah well i love what you said about how you know you can start working with a naturopath ideally, even like a year before trying to conceive. And that was one of the reasons why when I moved to San Diego, I really wanted to come see you and see a naturopath was because I wanted to just do blood work on a regular basis to make sure like my diet and how my lifestyle, which I thought was, you know, really healthy. I wanted to make sure that my labs and everything was normal. So hopefully when, you know, we did try to go conceive that things would go well, so hopefully, you know, just for people listening, like if you have the means and you can, like be proactive about this, so hopefully it'll make it your you know just make your journey a little bit easier. So I love that. Okay, Dr. Brandy. Well, I want to move into you mentioned a little bit in the beginning, like timing and how much time you spend with your patients, which is great. Can you kind of walk us through if we were to come into your clinic, like what is a typical new patient process look like? What do you test for? Just so my listeners kind of have an idea of what it would be like to come into your office and see you.
1: So the first visit will usually be, I would say 70 to 90 minutes. I tell everyone to prepare for 90 because the first part of the visit, so the first 30 to 40 minutes is us just talking and reviewing an intake form that you sent to me and going from, you know, talking about what's happening now, what's happened in the past, how's your sleep, all those questions about those bowel movements, your diet, how if you're exercising, and then I will go through all your symptoms that you're having now and see if it's all connecting. So that's me getting to know the patient and as best as I can in 30 to 40 minutes. The second part is if you come see me in person. So I have virtual appointments and I have in-person visits. If you're in San Diego, ideally, I'd like to see you at least one time. Either the first visit or the second visit, because I like to do a physical exam, which is similar to your you going into your primary care. But people usually say I've never had I've never had that full of a physical exam, so I'll do a physical exam. It also might include some, you know, I look in the eyes and look at the fingernails because sometimes that can tell me some things about nutrition deficiencies. And then the last part, we'll talk about what we're going to start doing, not basic but foundation things for your health that really can make a difference. And then it's talking about those labs. And that depends on the individual. But I usually will always ask to make sure you have the basic labs. Again, that's, you know, checking cholesterol, glucose, full thyroid panel, checking for any iron deficiencies. Vitamin D is a big one. We especially learned that one during COVID. Those are my basic blood work. And then if we need to do a stool test, we might talk about doing that now and talk about different options. One stool test that I forgot to say, we we do the stool test, but it also might be a breath test, which would be like a placebo. It might be something we may, might need to check. Or it might be, you know, starting with just the basic blood work and then investigating more after we get those two. So it really depends on the individual how in depth we go and what they're coming in for.
0: Yeah. No, that paints a really great picture, though. I love that you, one, you get to know us first. You also do a physical examination, which is great just to clear up is there anything obvious that needs to be addressed? And going into like when you leave that first appointment, you'll at least have, I remember like the paperwork you gave me, but at least some like basic, like you said, foundational layers on whether it's like nutrition, what they can do kind of right now before they even get their lab test done, which is great. And then going into testing, like that was, one of my favorite things about naturopath is like you guys do so many in-depth testing versus what is in kind of our traditional medical route, which is so important because if you don't test and you don't get to the root cause of it, like you're just going to wind up with the same issue again. So I love that. Okay. So that's what the new patient process looks like with you. And then just so people kind of have, let's say you're coming just for general wellness, like you do the basic testing and your patient, you know, looks pretty good. They might just need to modify their diet, things like that. How often do you like to see your patients and how often do you update their blood work typically?
1: So for patients who are coming in just for overall wellness and everything's kind of clear on after the labs. So the first visit, I'll have them come in and then we'll usually have review labs in about four to six weeks. And then after that point, all checks out, we didn't really change too much. Some people would like to do it every six months, but I usually will just suggest every year for overall wellness support. Or if anything comes up, obviously they can come in sooner. And then for hormone patients, I'll say, you know, four to six weeks because that's how long it takes to change those hormones. That includes women's hormones, male hormones or thyroid as well. Then after that, it might be, you know, three months or six months. So it really depends on
0: what that person getting checked in for. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Dr. Brandy. Well, thank you so much for giving us all of this good information from what our bowel movements should look like, what kind of tests you can do, all the things. I found it so helpful and I hope our listeners do too. Can you, for anybody listening, can you tell them where can they follow you or look you up?
1: Yes. So my website is And then my Instagram and Facebook is also at Moonstone Naturopathic. And so
0: that's where they can find me. Okay, perfect. Well, if you guys want to continue this conversation with Dr. Brandy, please follow her on her socials. Or if you have never seen a naturopath, then I highly recommend heading to her website and get an appointment with her. Thank you again so much for chatting with us. And we'll talk to you later, Dr. Brandy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this information was valuable and that you share it with a friend or family member who is struggling to find answers to their health issues and they want help moving forward with their healing journey. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me on Instagram at drmercedescook. To request a consultation to work together, head to uppercervicalsd.com. I appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to seeing you here next week to dive into the next topic together.